KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you're watching our podcast on one of our many platforms, or if you're in California listening to us on the radio on the great station KCAA, the NBC affiliate out in California. We want to appreciate you so much for uh, listening and watching the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. And today we got a special guest. I just met this man a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't wait to get him on air. And so y'all can meet him and hear his stories and see what he's all about. So today we have J.P. Dial at J.P. Dial Horsemanship on the show. J.P., welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. It's an honor. Oh, man, it's my honor, man. It's going to be fun. So, heck, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> sure. Um, so growing up, were you a horseman? No. I grew up in the Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I grew up in the Florida Keys in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was fishing all day. Well, you guys grew up like we were talking the other day. You grew up on the ranch. You were riding horses before school, after school. I was fishing before school and after school. Hey man, yeah, that's all right, man. Yeah, I didn't get into horses until later in life after the corporate world. Man, but see, that's what the industry needs and loves is people getting into the industry that hasn't mm-hmm. ridden before. You know, you yeah. fresh set eyes. You know. Um, <clears throat> So, so living in Florida, what would you like to fish for? Oh, jeez, <laughs> you name it. My favorite stuff I, was bonefish and tarpon and, and snook on you know, the back country of Florida, and like in the Florida Keys, the backside of the Everglades. Man, it was just the neatest place in the world. But I also grew up fishing offshore. But I got and I worked on the charter boats, but I didn't like that as much. I had to fight seasickness for a long when I was when I was younger. So you know, it was a little calmer in that back country. So we had a lot of fun. You know, fly fishing for, you know, now most people fly fish for trout. We're fly fishing for 150 pound tarpon. So it's a little bit different ball game, but man, it's, it's the neatest thing in the world. That is so cool, man. That is so cool. Uh, so, so, so growing up fishing in, in Florida, did you ever dream or think about becoming <laughs> such a great horseman? No. Yeah. If you would have told me I'd be living in California doing horses, I would have laughed at you. Now, <laughs> part of my family, you know, Janie Musgrove and them, they, they had a uh, family that west, of, you know, had horses out west of town, and they did rodeos and stuff, and they were great. And you know, I did find a picture of me not too long ago. She sent me you know, as a toddler on a horse. But other than going out and riding a big old uh, big shots, big paint every once in a while with her, I didn't know what I was doing. Or or outside of the, you know, vacation to North Carolina, going on a trail ride in the summertime. Nah, and. Nah, never would have thought. Not, not your thing. And that's why you're so important to this audience, because <laughs> our audience has a mix of just pure horse people and people that have never been in the industry that might want to get into it, you know, and and uh, and to become maybe not at your level, but strive for it for sure. So when you're fishing in Florida, then corporate world takes over and yeah. and, and you had a mortgage <laughs> and finance. You know, you're a smart guy. You're a real smart guy. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I uh, climbed the corporate ladder pretty fast after college. You know, I did go back to Florida after college for a little while. I think I recruited out there to uh, North Dallas, climbed the corporate ladder, had an office in North Dallas, one in Fort Worth, one out here in California. Um, You know, life was great. Climbed that corporate ladder, made more money than I knew what to do with. You know, here I am, you know, living on a golf course, Jaguars, Land Rovers, you know, country club. And then I got, I was right in the middle of that epicenter of when that uh, mortgage crash back mm-hmm. in uh, 2007, I can tell you today. I mean, it <laughs> lost millions of dollars. I lost everything. Uh, lost absolutely everything. Lost a wife, the house. Practically lost my insanity. Went through a real bad bout, you know, depression. Man, I would just get up, Scott. I would just sit on that couch. I lived on a golf course. I had this big oak tree out there. And I would just stare at it all day. I don't know what I was thinking. And then... And, Got dark. I'm about to bed. I didn't do anything. And I, um, right before that all happened, uh, my wife at the time had, uh, I think I got some silent auction or something. She got some horse riding stuff out there, at Frisco Horse Park. And I'd gone out a couple times. And there was a guy out there owning the saddle shop, Spurs Saddlery up in the 
just north of Dallas. And um, after everything crashed, he noticed I wasn't coming out at all. And um, he kind of drug me out, got me to go out, start riding that, at least a at least a horse for a little thoroughbred out there. And I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I ended up buying a uh, untrained, you know, he could handle her big, big Mustang. Uh, bought from a girl she sent to a trainer and uh, trainer broke his ankle trying to get on her the first time. He, he, he was a good trainer. Just things happen. And I, I, that horse should have killed me. But, you know, I was real intuitive. I, I was a quick learner. I studied and studied. But still, with everything going on in my life and all my energy and, you know, the baggage I was carrying around, I shouldn't. And it was a miracle I didn't get hurt. Right. Well, your but, focus uh, wasn't there, but it was like that horse was trying to rescue you. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Uh, someone pointed out the other day, um, I think Ward Schiller pointed out, that, you know, the horse's name was uh, Ego. And okay. she was rightfully named. And she was a big 16-2 Mustang from Black Rock Range. And... Um, she was a handful, but she ended up becoming an incredible horse. So, you know, here, here, and I had an ego. All of us did in the, you know, mortgage finance world back then. We were invincible, man. Yeah, it's not going to happen to us. Yeah. Then you get the rug pulled out from underneath you, and here's, get your ego put in check by ego herself. <laughs> and, uh, that's funny. You know, that's it's, yeah, I always tell people that horse saved my life because it was my reason why for getting off the couch. Wow. I mean, it was, uh, it was tough. It was a tough time. It got to the point where, I mean, I just, I would try to do other things. You know, part of us, you know, we're kind of blackballed back then in the, in the mortgage world. Yeah. And, you know, you get a pretty high level in a company and then you, you get arrogant and, you know, pride sets in. And you don't want to take the lesser jobs. That's stupid. Yeah. Right. And stuff like that. And then depression starts setting in more and more and money's all gone because it pretty much disappeared in about a week. Oh, my. And uh, we try to, Got a title insurance company going with a couple guys out there in Fort Worth. And we were doing real well. We were doing really well. And then one of my uh, partners decided to tell his wife on Christmas Eve he was having an affair. Well, that turned into a mess. And I just put two fingers up and said, I'm done. And at that point, you know, I had I was riding with a guy named Kurt Moore doing mountain shooting out, out there in Decatur. And I just started I just started training with him. And Slowly, things started making their way around, but you know it's it's hard to be a trainer, especially when you're starting out, especially yeah. when you didn't grow up doing horses. Do you think it? So, do you think it made you a better trainer because you didn't know what you didn't know, and you relied on the horse so much? <laughs> yes, uh, I was telling my assistant that the other day. I didn't know where the glass ceilings were. Right. Yeah, you know, um, I love that. For one, I love that. Yeah, you, you did. You know, you don't know where the glass ceilings are. Are um, the approaches I took, you know, the back up a step, you know, so before I even, you know, got to that title insurance stuff, you know, my life, when things had gotten pretty darn bad, I remember one night I went out, I was taking care of a rescue Thanksgiving while they all took off for the Gussie family. And, man, I'm like staying in the back of a rundown trailer, you know, couch surfing. I mean, it's, you know. But I had gone to these horse rescues because I was like, who's in the world is going to send a guy a horse to train, right? He doesn't know how to train. So Absolutely. I would go to horse rescues, and I was like, here, let me let me train your horses. I'm not going to charge you anything or give me 100 bucks when you adopt them out just so they could be make them more adoptable, right? I'm just looking for horses practice on. Right. I'm just looking for horses, right? Right. And I'd also, around that time, I'd gone to the Mustang makeovers back, probably back in like 2009. I'm like, God, I got to do this. That's the neatest thing in the world, man. hundred cool. days on a horse and watching the guys do this. I'm like, you, I can't believe it. And I was just, you know, kind of obsessed with it. So I was doing whatever I could. I helped Bob start a start uh, the shop, Saddle Silo, <clears throat> and a spur salary up there in uh, north of Dallas. And I'd be there in the day and training every horse I could find. But um, one night, you know, it was on Thanksgiving night. I have to go back and figure out exactly what year. I remember having dinner over at his house, and we were all out. You know, and I think I'd beat myself so beat myself up so much during all that. After everything happened in the mortgage world, I was holding so much inside. You know, I remember being at dinner that night with him and his family, and things are great. 
with them. And I'm just watching. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? And that night when I got back to the to that rescue, I remember they had two two big mustangs on this round pen. They couldn't handle them. They, I mean, you probably beat them through the panels, right, with some hay in your hand. But yeah, that's so they, tough. So 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 when you were looking at the oak tree. The first day yeah. you walked in that 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 arena or that round pen to see um, ego, what was that walk <laughs> like? Was that just intimidating, yeah, that was, uh, or was it so humbling, or was it I just don't care? More exhilarating, you know. I had actually played with her a little bit right before I got her. You know, I, just, I would just go in there, just like I'm going to end up on that other story I was telling you. I just kind of go in them. Um, just going to just walk around with her, sit around in there, and just, and then I'd move her around. You know, back then I used to do a little chase around the round pin probably a little too much, but you know, we just move her around, get you know, get a little respect, and then we're just feeling each other out. It um, it, it wasn't intimidating, right? It was quite calming actually. Yeah, I said that exhilarating, was... but I called myself and I said that I'm like, no, I wasn't amped up or anything like that. It her, it wasn't going. It was more of a sensation of calmness you know, for it, me if that makes any cool sense that, that 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 space where it should have been nervous you know never been with horses like that on a mustang and a big mustang it did the opposite yeah. to you it calms you down yeah yeah and this is before really i hadn't gone to the horse rescues by this point i hadn't done anything like that i hadn't trained anything you know just ridden horses out there and you know here's this big beautiful horse just looking at you right you know they just look right through you and, Love that. Yeah, and when I was in that ramp, so when I back then, whenever I was, I was with the horse, all the other stuff I was carrying around, all the stuff I was beating myself up over, all the you know, the losses and stuff, just kind of disappeared. Right. Then when I'm in, in there, it just disappeared. I love that. I love how you started building your model from the get, though. You were taking mm -hmm. every horse you could take just to train and learn. So I, I guess partially so you could teach them, but really so all these horses could <laughs> teach you how to be a horse trainer. You got it. You know, I, I, till this day, I, I'll say there's never a single horse I haven't learned something from. Absolutely. how great it is. And I got some really nice cutting horses in from someone sent me down from Montana. But it, 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 as great as bred they are, they're, everyone from that horse there to this one over here that you can't barely control, it bucks like crazy. Everyone teaches me something. Yep. And the neat thing about when I did that is there's a reason that horse is in that rescue, right? There's a reason their friend didn't take the horse. So you got to go through and figure out how, right? You yeah, know what I'm every, saying? And yeah. you're like, if somebody has a horse they're going to give away, they know somebody and it's a great horse, that person's like, here, I'll take your horse. So yeah, no, if it absolutely. ends up in a rescue, there's some type of trauma going on. There's something going on in that, in that horse's background. So I got really good at coming up with a, a, a I'm going to say a method or a process, but coming up with a, being able to feel through the horse and find out, because we don't know anything about it, yeah. if it bronx, if it, even if it's been ridden. So you kind of just restart them. And, you know, I, I stopped trying to go through and try to diagnose what was wrong, or trying to figure huh. out the triggers were, you know, because you can beat yourself up doing that. And quite often, it's, it's multiple things that stack on top of each other, you know, we call it trigger sagging. So I just put them through, you know, just I would just work with them. And I, I guess developed my own process. I can't figure out a better word at the moment. And... Through that, you know, sort of making more and more connection with the horses, building a relationship and building trust. And that was the biggest thing I saw with so many of those horses and so many of the horses I get in for training because I trained everything from, you know, Mustangs to, you know, quarter horses, to Lusitanos. So I'm trying to think of what's all in my barn right now. Uh, Andalusians uh, and Warm are all That's all that's in my barn. The 18 are in my barn right now. Wow. And so, um, so I've trained a multitude of horses. And, and it's really interesting to just, you just go in there and you got to build that trust with that horse. But before you can do that, you got to, you got to establish connection. And that's where horsemanship in my world, in my, my wholeheartedly really much believe starts with connection. It's going to build the relationship, then trust. Now we're talking about mutual trust. Okay. Yeah. And then you're going to have mutual respect. And then that horse is going to look at us as a leader because that horse is out of the herd. They're not. They're looking to us as for leadership. Right. And that's that's right. our, our job. And we can't just force it upon them. Right. You know, I, I, love that that you, 
I love that how you go in and you don't try and just find the problem and fix that problem. You just break it all the way back and rebuild the house. You got it. You're like, if I know this horse, someone told me is having a bucking problem, you think I'm going to go look for the buck? No. If that yeah. horse bucks, I failed the horse. Yeah. And it failed me. I failed the horse. And very rarely do I ever have a situation. I mean, I think I've been, I've told the horse four times in the last four years. Um, and, and probably only had maybe two other bucks I wrote out. I can't write a buck worth anything because they don't do it to me. Right, right. And so that, that's the thing. Don't ever ask a, a horse a question you don't know the answer to. Because <laughs> they'll tell you <laughs> or they'll show you. Oh, yeah. man. Absolutely. Well, man, we're going to take a quick break on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show and come right back. And we're going to ask JP about working with the Sacramento County uh, Sheriff's Department and the Wild Horse Program. So a lot more cool stories and cool information from JP. <laughs> we'll be right back. Scott will be right back with more. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions, they're little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms, Drink Rebellious. Hi, and welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen, with J.P. Dial of J.P. Dial Horsemanship. And we're talking horses. So fun how he came in, didn't grow up riding horses, but he figured out a way and a system to help horses. And, and uh, now I'd like to talk to you about working for Sacramento <laughs> County Sheriff's Posse and, and the Wild Horse Program. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's um, you know, one of the best jobs in the world out there. You know, I get to work with a great group of guys. Uh, it's a uh, Sacramento Sheriff's Office Wild Horse Program, and and all the the gentlemen, my crew, like you know, they they join um, the crew, and they're out there five days a week, and they learn six levels of horsemanship. And it was really neat to watch these guys develop. You know, when they when they first come out there, you know, you're kind of some of the, some of my deputies are like, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. Um, I'm like, yeah, give him a chance, and it's usually three weeks, maybe a little longer, but somewhere around the three week mark. You start to see things change in them, you know, their body language, their vocabulary, you know, and they're not working with a wild horse. I mean, they're working with Mustangs, but they're either working with typically my person, one of my personal ones uh, mm -hmm. I bring out there. And uh, I usually bring two horses out there for them to work with. Then they're working with, you know, a couple others that we have out there. They're just going to stay at the ranch. You know, they're not, they're not going to be adopted out. And. You know, they started just learning the first level of horsemanship because you got to realize these guys, these guys haven't touched a horse before. Okay. And then um, they didn't go on 
most, most of them didn't go on a family vacation going trail riding. So they have very little, or actually none to very little experience ever around a horse. And we're dealing with, with Mustangs, okay? Um, it's not like a domestic horse. Right. You know, they're round, rounded up off the range um, for so, various reasons. And then we, you know, we handle them. You know, talk, I call it, say we handle them in squeeze shoots for vaccinations and feed and stuff like that. But the only way we really can do it safely. And so, you know, you got some trauma in a horse. I mean, they're, they're starting below zero. Then you got a guy who's in, in jail, you know, and he got there for, for whatever reason. His life right. wasn't going down the right path. Then he gets incarcerated. That's trauma in itself. So you got you got two lost souls sitting there in that round pen. I got to work each other, work with each other to save each other. And they're both starting below zero. It's not like starting with a domestic horse. And so yeah. it's um, neat it's to watch. So- it's so it's got to be such a blessing to watch that because you have two just raw pieces of clay and you're putting them together mm-hmm. and and they don't trust each other they don't understand each other they don't speak the same language nope and you're trying to work with both do you think growing what happened with you and when you made your first walk into the round pen with ego all those years ago do you kind of relate to these guys like I know what that yep. feels like yeah I, I do you know granted my story, you know, coming back from, from Nashes is similar, but I wasn't incarcerated or nothing. Yeah, illegal, absolutely. But, but right. um, so, and some of these guys who fight, you know, my current crew doesn't, some fight addictions and stuff that I'm, I don't have those experiences. But the fact that I'm able to show them how to do something, um, I'm more of a mentor to them. You know, I, ran, I manage the ranch. I teach them how to train, how to do everything soft, you know, softly. And, I mean, we're riding these horses on loose reins. I mean, th- these guys, some of these guys, when they're done, they can go work for any program in the United States. These guys how are cool great cold starters. I mean, they are phenomenal. I'm like, dang. Um, but, you know, I, I teach them. The, you know, in, they get to learn from my experiences and how I – and I don't teach them any different than I train teach my clientele I come for lessons from my clientele out here at my my ranch for coming to my clinics and how I train their horses. I don't teach them any different. And right. so what the guys start to experience is they go through this. And what happened to me is that the horse, everything you learn with that horse, you know, it changes you. And that transcends everything in your life, your relationships. So when these guys right. go back into into the, the, the barracks, we call them, and we can see the jail from where, where it is. It's only a few hundred yards away. You know, first, you know, they got to be a tough guy. The one thing they got to learn to do that's so hard is become vulnerable. Yeah. They got to learn to let everything go. That horse feels that energy. That horse is going to let you connect with them. It's going to be like looking to, you know, like back, remember when we had cable TVs and we were always trying to scramble the channels to get morning. It's always like that. Well, that's basically their energy between them and the horse. I'm not talking all woo woo stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. And, um, you know, so these guys have to, they, they start to change. They start to learn to let all that go. And before long, when they go back into those barracks, they're not walking in. They're like, all well, tough. They don't care. It's whatever. They, they become, they like learn patience, right? They, everything in the relationships, even though they get only speak to their wife or girlfriends on the phone, but things start to change. And, and every one of these guys, I mean, I talked to one just on the way over here when I was in the car on the way over here. I was talking to one of the, one of the guys who's out. He's moving to Utah. Uh, couldn't be happy happier for him. He's going to get married. I mean, it's, it's so neat to watch these guys' lives. Not all of them do horses when they get out. One of them just got a job on a ranch um, last week. You'll meet him. Hopefully, you know, if we get you over here to Sacramento for the Echoes Film Festival, you're going to meet him. It. Yeah, he uh, he's doing great. Um, he was in the program for a long, long time. He actually left the program, went to do welding. And you look at him, he looks like Snoop Dogg, but he's a dang, dang good horseman. Is he? You know, really? uh, yeah, he really is. He's a, he's a neat guy. He's very well educated. And it's just, I get, it's just so neat. I mean, I get pretty close with them. I don't, I don't, I don't even ask what they did. Eventually they tell me, they're like, Mr. Dowling, yeah. you never asked me what I, what I did to get in trouble. I'm like, I don't care. That's a, that's why the rearview mirror is this big and the windshield is this big. I don't care about Absolutely. going forward. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to dwell in the past. You know, it's what I you love do that. when you fail. Yeah, so. I, I love that man so much. I, I love you have two. You have a horse with his second chance and or his first second chance. Yeah. You know, and you have a person yeah. getting a second chance and you know you got that. That's pretty powerful. 
And yeah, it, uh, it, it's, it's surreal to watch, watch it happen out there. You know, uh, do you think more prisons, more jailed, more opportunities for horses? Do you see that happening? Yes. Um, we're actually having some interest out here with uh, a couple of you know, sheriff departments here in the state. Awesome. Um, I know the, so we have an agreement with the Bureau of Land Management. I know the uh, state program manager that I work with uh, named Amy Dumas. She's kind of like my work wife. I know she's going to be going down uh, down to one of them here very shortly to speak with them and present to them. Uh, I, I think programs like this are just incredible. It's you're accomplishing a couple of different goals. And when, they, yeah. when this, these programs were first started, I believe it was, you know, governor in Colorado years ago started out there, you know, to help get horses trained. But there's also the, the, the therapeutic aspect of it, the life-changing piece of it that the horse teaches us that. Right, right. They, you know, and I'm not an equine assisted therapist. You know, I'm very much seeking and, you know, looking to do that. I'm more of a life coach from these guys, a mentor because of my experiences in life and where I've been and, and the highs and the lows. And, and one thing I teach these guys too is also uh, don't regret anything. Yeah. You are, you know, all your things in the past, all your decisions made you who you are today. And, you know, don't regret anything. And, yeah. but to see the guys change and, these programs could be so successful all around in, in, in other prisons and, you know, in jails. Now we're the only jail program in the country. Really? You know, we're at a county jail. All That's the other ones are at prisons. There's only five in the country. Right. It's not like it's a, <laughs> not, it, no, but it should be. Yeah, it, it should it sh be. It should. It really, yeah. it really could. And we have so much support from outside in the, you know, in the community, you know, across the country for it. I mean, I think right now we have orders for like 30 something law enforcement horses. Everything from Border Patrol is getting horses from us. LA Sheriff just got one from us. Anaheim, you know, I mean, I can just keep going on and on. And so, I mean, these programs are extremely successful and can change people's lives. Right. And, you know, I don't have the numbers and all this stuff. But, you know, we measure something out here called recidivization rate, and it is ridiculously low coming through the horse program than anything, than any other than like their general population, you know, and I don't have those numbers and I, you know, so, you know, and they're recalculating all that, but it's, it reduces the chance of them coming back tremendously and changing their life, you know, and I mean, it's just so neat to see. Yeah. You know, I'm so honored to get to help work with horses every day. I love <laughs> it, but they're so powerful yet. They don't even have to move a foot a hook yep. to be powerful because they're helping these inmates, you know, get a second chance or helping military when they come back and they're so strong in what they do if we give them the shot. And with your program, yeah. I love that you're finding outs for these horses and these Mustangs to keep them busy, mm -hmm. you know, keep, give them a job. But these inmates are changing in three weeks. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, the, the first changes start to happen. Yeah, there. the first, and the then, soft change. Yeah, yeah, they're starting that. You start to see that behavioral change. So and then, cool. And as I go through those levels of horsemanship, you know, level in the first level, your basic stuff. You know, they'll do the first ride on a horse on one of my horses during the first level. Level two, now they're learning to ride, just basic transitions and stuff like that. Level three, now I'm teaching them <clears throat> drills. Now they're going to start working with horses that that are up for like the next adoption. They're going to be helping the, the higher train. They're supporting the other trainers because they're starting to ride horses. A little, these are safer. But some of these horses still only have like 30 days on them. And, you know, just working on suppleness drills and teaching horses to move and whatnot. And then, you know, level four is when they get to go work with a, their first wild horse. And that's that, cool, that's neat. And it's real neat to see in the beginning they're still a little reserved. And that's when, that's when the big change happens. That's when they've really got to learn what they have to let go of. You know, just because they're working with them, that they really, they can't hide anything from that wild horse. And then when you want, I mean, I've watched grown men crying around him when they did the first touch on a horse. I remember talking to one guy one day and I, uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm proud of you. He goes, so, you know, the first time in my life, I'm proud of myself. Oh, yeah. But that's you what gave we're that chance. About. You set yeah, that up. Well, that's strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you know, a lot of us did, you know, we have a yeah. incredible support yeah. team out there and, um, wow. you know, from every one of our deputies to your, our senior management to the Bureau of Land Management, there's a lot of people behind these guys, you know, we all have their back and, and it's what a powerful to understand. Thing. 
Yeah. And then, you know, then after they get about, you know, I think 10 rides safely on that horse, they've passed their level four. Now they're going to learn level five is how to take and progress that horse. And then we get to level six, these guys, this is professional level. This is because yeah. I worked in, I, you know, during my journey, I went and worked for any cow horse guys and stuff as Colt starter. This is when they get to go, they could go and do stuff like that afterwards. I'm going to have a little, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to one of them the other day. I have a, I'm blessed now myself to have a metallic cat, a four-year-old metallic cat, a five-year-old awesome. now. And I'm awesome. going to bring her out there, you know, just so they can understand what the collection looks like and what the, you know, stop. I'm not going to be able to do big slides in there because of the footing, but just so they can see, because I'm like, I got to teach you more. I mean, I, he's yeah. a level six and I have him for another year. This guy, I'm, we're already teaching him mustn't spin, you know, we aren't going to get any like, slides out of them we can if we have them long enough we just typically right. don't but it's just you know they're starting to learn the lead changes like flying lead changes and on cue i mean it's it's so neat to watch and it's, i'm like okay we're gonna bring out my we're gonna bring out my my fancy one. <laughs> oh, they're, they're that's a pro level horse oh. man metallic cat they're not gonna yeah. know what to think yeah and, and another thing we, we do out there we have cows what do you what makes it Nothing makes a horse better than a cow. You know, we, don't, we have a few. The deputies have some cows out there. We have anywhere from you know eight to twelve cows at a time. We'll bring them in, teach them to sort. We did a at our last adoption. Oh, yeah, I did. T I showed the guys how to do team pinning, and we had a little preview before our adoption. And like everyone was like, "What are you guys? What are you going to do for the preview?" And I'm like, "Team pinning." And I threw, I threw the cows out in there three at a time, and my name was so fun to watch them and watch those horses. And if it's they're having a heyday, you know, the adopters love watching the horse because the horse gets in every horses in every gate, you know, coming after these cows. And I mean, it's just so much fun. So much life changing. Life changing. It, totally. it was for me, too, because you know, I, I learned that you know, these guys are good guys. They made bad decisions. Yeah. So, you know, not to be judgmental. Yeah. I mean, these guys are really good guys. Now, you know, it's. They didn't have the support networks that we grew up. A lot of them didn't have fathers and things mm -hmm. like that. So, so you know, they had traumas in their life. Now it's just, it's, it's fun to watch them change. And and, that, if, and I learned not to be judgmental. Man, I, I love that so much. And I, I love the fact that you're finding outlets for these great Mustangs and horses by the police force and the Border Patrol and other people wanting to adopt yeah. these guys and use them. Not just yeah. stick them in the yard, but actually yeah. use them. And that yeah, is so important because everybody wants to help the Mustangs or the horses. You're finding that way to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of agents from the BLM have horses now. I'm getting real close with those guys. You know, a lot of the adopters I was out riding this weekend, some of the adopters were like, come on, go for a ride. You've been working too much. Go for a ride. So my sister and I, we loaded up our horses and we met out at the trail. And, and it's it's fun. I mean, we have a big network all around. People come get our horses, you know, from Seattle, San Diego. I mean, all over the darn place. Arizona, you know, Arizona Border Patrol comes out here to get horses from us. Um, wow. You know, and it's neat to watch her. Then that person who came down all the way from outside of Seattle, she says, I, I like the guy, the way you taught the guys how to ride. They ride soft, nice, loose rain, riding those horses soft. And we, and we start every horse in a hackamore. Awesome. It didn't all awesome. that buzz out. And I teach them the, the, the right way, you know. I do a lot of Vaccaro horsemanship, so I teach them the right way to start that horse. Vaccaro is so the, good, man. So the good. See, the, the, these yeah. horses, sometimes the guys will just suck in their belly button, and the horse will stop and back up. They'll look over their shoulder and just turn. I mean, it's, these, these guys are getting good. Yeah. I, I love that, man. Average. I'm so glad you said that because there is a special way to teach a Vaccaro training method. And I got a good yeah. friend who's a great Vaccaro and how they just drop. And they just, you lose the shoulder. They just come back so quick and easy. It's like melted <laughs> butter. Yeah. And when you yeah. do it, man, it's just so much fun. So yeah, and much then we, and then we'll put, a, sometimes I have to like, okay, guys, we need to move them to the snaffle because our adopters might not, you know, ride them. But, yeah. uh, but we keep yeah. going back and forth in, in that hack more. But now the horse has such a good understanding of the seat in, in the body of our body and our seat that, Everything just goes so smoothly and seamlessly, and it's just, it's. You're hooked on. It's, it's oh, yeah. And then, it, and then it's hard for these guys to adopt out the horses. I mean, this is their best friend, man. You know, they'll yeah. have two or three horses at a time, but then when it gets down to it, I mean, that's the reason why. Like, Ego was my reason 
why I got off the couch and got out of the house. Yeah. I mean, I had depression. This, the horse becomes their best friend. It's the reason why they get up so early in the morning, to get out there. Well, I want to hear a story about when the horse leaves, how the guys handle it when we come back and we'll be right back from the break for the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love, and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions, they're little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms, Drink Rebellious. Hi, and welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson, with J.P. Dial at J.P. Dial Horsemanship. And we're talking about horses when they are adopted out of the prison and how the guys react to that. So besides you, I guess the horse is one of their best friends. So how do they handle that? Yeah, they're, you know, pickup day is kind of hard for them when the, when the new adopters take, come to get the horses in the, after the auction. And there's some tears. You know, you, there's some slow moments. Um, yeah. The other day, one of them, the uh, one of the uh, the doctors cut part of the tail off and wrapped it up and gave it to him. That was that was real neat. That was a neat gesture. I thought that was really yeah, cool. Absolutely. And um, you know, it's it's kind of hard for them. They're kind of somber, somber, but they understand. They understand the horse is going to a good home. They understand the purpose. <clears throat> you know, um, what's been kind of cool is uh, is the um, I've had two cool stories recently. Those guys have recently got out and, you know, we adopted one horse out a while back and it was one of the first times the gentleman started a, a horse the way I, I, the way I taught him and his horse was named Lobo and the horse ended back at my place for being tuned up and just furthering his training. Right. Um, the gentleman owns and Eamon's going to use him for, uh, for uh, packing, for hunting. Very up there cool. in Colorado. And so I didn't tell Danny the horse was there. But when these guys get out, I usually get a phone call within the first two, three days. If not, as soon as they get a hand on their phone, they can get my number. And they call me and they say, hey, Mr. Dial, I need, I need to see the horses. No. They, they always say, I need to see the horses. I need to. They don't say, I want to. Um, and, you know, when I get cleared with the, uh, you know, with my management at jail, usually I wait 30 days and bring them out. So I pick up Danny one morning and he's first thing he's doing is asking about Lobo and, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't have been in the car 
45 seconds. You ever hear about Loba much anymore or stuff? We're talking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's doing great. Doing great. He doesn't know he's at my, my ranch and we get to my ranch and, right. and you know, I say, here, let's go get some horses out. I said, here, go grab that bay over there. You know, when it kind of looks over there, like kind of in the second turnout. And I said, when you get up there, just catch him like he used to catch the Loba. And it was, I just sat back and watched. And he walks up to that horse, just a little approaching retreat. And right when he gets close enough, he just stops. And I, I could tell he knew who it was. And he goes, Lobo? You could just see him kind of lean in and talk. And that's what he was saying. Then he turns around and goes, is this Lobo? I'm like, yep. Oh, man, that was neat. And then we had oh. a, 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 and then, then a real neat story. We had a guy, um, real big guy. He lost like 90 pounds working out at the ranch, but he still weighed 300. And I didn't, you know, so he, he couldn't ride a horse. I every once in a while I'd bring a big Persian cross out there for him to, to ride on, put around on. But generally speaking, I mean, we didn't have a horse he could ride. I mean, we had ended up with a yearling. And um, so he got real good at not telling him how to do all the groundwork and getting horses started. And he got this horses so good. And then, um, you know, we dropped him out, the horse out when it was like two. And then the horse came back, ended up over my place when it was three to uh, be started. That horse is probably one of the easiest ones to start because that horse didn't forget anything. John John had done such a great job with all the groundwork. We <laughs> tacked him up. That horse learned so well. And so when uh, John got out, uh, they actually let me bring him out the, the first week to my place. Wow. And I had the pictures of, him, of them just walking around the ranch all day like they used to back at, at the at R3C over at the, the sheriff branch. It was just the neatest thing in the in the world, you know, watch them reunite. And, and I get, and I have story after story about that. You know, I took the guys out not too long ago. I surprised a few of them with a, uh, a trail ride. That's the first time they actually got to go on a trail ride. So they've been training horses. You know, we have pastures and stuff, but they don't get to go on a trail ride. They're still in arenas and sure. just, you know, what little land we have. And I took them out to a party reservoir and, we had a great, you know, four or five hour trail ride and barbecue. And, and it was just neat to watch them up on top of this hill with a big vista and seeing the smiles on their face and just out there riding all day. And we had other people who had adopted horses from the program were on the ride with us. And I didn't tell them what we were doing. I thought we were, they were just coming over to the ranch to give me a hand. They'll come help me in my clinics and I'll introduce them. And, wow. you know, they just, they just want to be around the horses. And then we pulled up that morning. I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. Go, I told him which horses to grab. I said, put them in the trailer. And uh, I, have, I have a picture, neat picture of her when we're, I should have sent that one to you. When uh, we're headed out, we take like a big selfie and the smiles on their faces. It's, I'll send you those pictures. Let's see. Yeah, worth, please worth do. Seeing. Yeah, please do. Man, how cool is that, though? Because you're giving them something maybe they've never seen, and that's hope. You know, riding that horse, yes. looking at the mountains. That's just. You know, that gets yeah. me excited and I get to do it, you know, daily, you know, for someone that's yeah, never done that. Yeah. What a, I can't imagine. I took, yeah. I took one of them out on, um, Monday, Monday morning, uh, grabbed Danny and spent a little bit of a tough time and we we're out there riding and he's just kind of, kind of behind us and I kind of rode back and checked on him. You okay? He goes, yeah, great. I needed this. And he's just out there riding one of my. One of my horses, big old frosty, and just they're just and that horse knows can feel the energy of anything, and that horse was just so calm and you wow. can just see Danny's just kind of letting it all go and the stresses he was having and you know he's doing but he's doing well now. Talking about an hour before uh before this. So That's awesome. Yeah, man. it's it, it's neat to see. I mean it the horse does change and it's not just those guys. I see it in my clientele. Sure. Issues. We all we all have issues and stuff going on in our lives and right. relationships and stuff. And I get to watch it in all my clientele. And, and it's just you get to see a little bit more out there because it's more raw. Right. And that, then you know makes sense. They they can't put as many masks on, I guess. You know, but and they're they're more willing to take down the mask out there than some of my clientele in the private world, private sector are. Well, that says a lot about you and the horse, because you know. It, it lets them lose the mask, like you say, but then all of a sudden they're able to accept what they're doing and yeah. uh, get soft. And that's so incredible. Yeah. It's like, I remember one guy told me, he goes, never did I think I would have to go to jail to learn to train a horse to save my life. 
I was it's like, funny, isn't it? Yeah. You never know. You never know where it's coming from, that help. And it no. just happened to come from the horse, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they, well, they, they do that to us. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about something else you're involved in. And it's something yeah. I love. And Lisa, you know, has to- told me something about she's oh, been yeah. sending me information. It's called Equus. Yeah. And I know you'll have a big event coming up in Sacramento, but would you mind talking about it, about your involvement sure. and a little bit about it? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm helping organize a Equus Film Festival out here. We're, we're doing that in coordination with uh, the Mustang Discovery Ride. Uh, Lasanne Fierce she's riding Mustangs across the United States right now, starting in Delaware, and she'll end up in Point Reyes at Limator Beach. She's in Colorado right now. So that's how I kind of first got involved. When she hits California, it's kind of my job to kind of help get her over to Point Reyes and, and people riding with her and all. And then Lisa and I were talking and they were going to be doing a film festival in uh, Ocala. I'm like, that's at the same time she's going to be ending here. I said, like, you know, you got to talking and she's like, should we have it out there? I'm like, yes. I mean, so we're, uh, yeah, so we're, we're getting, <clears throat> we're getting everything planned out. We're hoping to get you out there. Um, it's going to be a real neat, you know, it's going to be a you know, Thursday evening start with a reception and we're going to have demonstrations all day Friday with uh, horsemen. And one gentleman I was telling you about, he just got a job on a ranch. Uh, you know, his name's Q. He wants to start training. Um, I talked to him last night about it. He's going to be one of our, uh, one of the clinicians there. And awesome. then, uh, you know, we'll have a dinner thing. We'll start the films on Saturday, run all day, the documentaries. And again on Sunday and then the awards Sunday night. And it's so neat to watch, you know, when I've been watching these documentaries and it's just so neat to, to, to what they do for everyone. And you can see everyone's story in them. And it's, it's, there's so many stories out there, you know, you don't see these kind of stories in, in other aspects of life, like you do in horses, Yeah, you know, in sports stuff. Now, I mean, what I've seen, in, in the horses and this film festival is going to be really, really neat for, you know, all horses. You know, we do have to happen to have some more Mustangs coming through this time because of the Mustang discovery ride. And, you know, they're trying to build some programs for inner city youth kids. That's where we're hoping to leave as our hoof print. But, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we're real excited and you can ask for a better place. And there are more horses out here than, you know, and this is such a great community. Oh, that's awesome. And so is it, I guess it's open to the public. Yep. It's, yeah, it's going to be open to the public. And um, we'll be, once we get the schedule of events all put together, we'll be announcing that here hopefully shortly. We're still looking for sponsors. If people who are willing to sponsor, this is a great way, a great yeah. way to be involved, um, get your name out, and be such a great cause. Uh, I love that, you know, and I love that the production teams are going to be there to watch the, watch your ride in on a Mustang and you're capturing that coming yeah. across the country and you have the books and movies and films and speakers, clinics. So yeah, if you're artist a horse and- person, artist, yeah, I mean, it's a place to go. So how can people yeah. find out about it? Do they just go to Equus.com or how, what's the best yeah, way? It's, it's yeah. Uh, well, you go to um, Equus Film Festival. It's E-Q-U-U-S. Um, or Facebook, the same thing. Okay. You can always uh, link up on with me on uh, JP Dow Horsemanship, Heart of the Horse, and I can I can help direct you right to all the where you need to be and the right places. Um, for those of you who are interested in you know following Lasanne Fear uh, Mustang Discovery Ride, you know that's that's a neat journey. I mean, she started on the beach in Delaware, and she's going to end up in the beach in Limitor, Limitor Beach in California. And that's, that's a real neat story right there. And hopefully the next year that'll be at the film festival. That's so so cool. um, But no, it's, um, yeah. And and it's also up on my website, jp.horsemanship.com. Um, but you know, Equus film, film festivals where you're going to, where you'll find us. I I love that. And I love how y'all documented that whole excursion across the country. And, I think talking with Lisa, she said people would show up with Mustangs and just ride part of the way with her. Is that right? Yeah, yeah there, people That's are doing cool. that a lot. It's it's a uh, it's not the easy thing because we don't know where she's going to be at any given. T- you know, we know a few days in advance. She's doing twenty miles a day, then a couple of days off. Some days, you know, she gets slowed down. And this heat's been kind of bad. Hopefully, yeah. we don't run into any fires coming through. She's got a real treacherous part to get through when she gets 
hits the California border, the first part is going to be really, I'm kind of, I'm supposed to be in charge of getting her through this. I'm like, this is not going to be easy. <laughs> and then, but once we get, uh, once we get to Auburn, California, it's going to be pretty much smooth sailing from there. And so, wow. you know, we're going to do some events along the way to meet the Mustang events. We're looking, looking for a couple of vineyards to do them at, you know, where people come out there and get to, get to meet her and the Mustangs and raise some money. Cause we're still raising money for her to get her across. These things aren't cheap. <laughs> It's, right. it's, it's it's crazy great. all y'all are doing for the good of the horse, the Mustang, and the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just it's fantastic. Well, and that's why I couldn't wait to get you on the show and uh, just to talk about it. So once people see everything y'all are doing, mm-hmm. you you naturally want to be a part of it in some way just to help. I mean, there's such great great horses. Yes, I got a fancy Metallica and a couple others, but I will always have a Mustang. A Mustang's gonna be my my hard horse always. I got a incredible right. one right now i've got a few but uh you know um it's just about bringing awareness I and mean, then the most versatile horses you've ever been around i don't care i mean whether it's dressage we've had some very high level dressage horses um jumping you know, over in the east coast there's a club out there mustangs is a jumping club i mean and they got a huge membership i was like wow you know so it's not just western you know we do that more out here in this area of the country but it's just it's such a versatile horse and yeah. I mean, they're America's horse. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I know it's going to be a great time in Sacramento and I'll be happy to share on Cowboy Entrepreneur social media sites too, when y'all have the flyers and when you have more information, but man, I was checking out your website, the JP Dial horsemanship website. It's really great, man. Great pictures and great information. Yeah. Good buddy of mine built that he moved out to North Dakota, but He's pretty good at building, building websites. Man, it's really good because you can feel the horse through the site. You know, it, it might sound strange, but you can see that horse and know it's a good horse. Mm-hmm. You know, the pictures are really strong. And, and uh, well, cool, man. Yeah. So what else is next for you? So you have Equus coming up. We're getting close to the end of the show. And you're yeah, going to help her get to Sacramento. So what else? Yeah, I have a few clinics out here in California. Um, I'm looking to get my schedule of clinics you know, outside the state, we haven't put them together, yet, you know, for next year. So we're still looking for sites and hosts for that. Awesome. But, um, yeah, I have a few more, just a few more clinics here. And then, then I'm going to San Antonio for a convention with a work chiller in November. That's going to be pretty neat. That'd be fun. And it's going to be a lot of horsemen coming together for that. That's going to be a real big deal. And then, uh, about that time, it's going to be game on getting a Lasan across the state and, getting ready for Equus Film Festival. Love it, man. Love it. Well, JP, thank you so much for being on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Man, I had so much fun. I can't believe it went so fast. And <laughs> and I know the audience loved hearing the stories and and uh, get involved for sure with uh, everything you're doing. Right. Now, it's wonderful being on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, JP. You have a pretty cool show. Thank you so much. And, and thank you all for listening to us on KCAA or watching our podcast on our platforms. We really appreciate you. And thanks for watching the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, 
We named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love, and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions, they're little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms. Drink Rebellious. KCAA. This is Judge Herb Dodell, and our show is called For the People. It's available every Monday at 4 o'clock, 4 to 5. We'll be talking about all kinds of things pertaining to the law and how it really works from the inside as opposed to the outside. So tune in and learn all you need to know about the legal system and how it works. It's time to shop in the cool, relaxed comfort of the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands, conveniently located on the I-10 freeway between the Alabama and Tennessee exits. Bring the kids too and watch them play in the only indoor fun center. High Five Indoor Playground, where parents are welcomed on the playground. Birthday celebrations are encouraged, so make plans for some great fun at the mall. More reasons why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-403-4623. 800-403-4623. That's 800-403-4623. The Mortgage Voice is Jeff Barton, your mortgage advocate here on KCAA. Jeff informs you of the ever-changing mortgage industry. Mortgage loans can be confusing and overwhelming, but Jeff and his guests will help you understand the difference in various loans and help you own or keep your home. Trust is the major issue here, right? If someone doesn't trust you with their most intimate financial details and secrets, uh, it's going to be very hard for them to do a loan. Tune into The Mortgage Voice every Saturday afternoon at 3 and Sunday at noon here on KCAA. 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Russia has still not responded to a U.S. offer for a prisoner exchange involving Americans Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. I think that's a better question put to uh, to our Russian colleagues. We made a serious offer. Uh, we want them to accept it. So said National Security Council spokesman John Kirby during a White House briefing. Kirby said President Biden remains fully committed to getting the Americans out of Russian prison cells. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is standing by his decision to send about 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. The Republican governor says it's finally drawn the White House's attention to the border crisis. Speaking at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University Friday, DeSantis says he'll spend all of the $12 million allocated by the legislature to relocate illegal migrants out of state. Wall Street is closing in the red to end a volatile week. Stocks paired losses late in the session Despite a FedEx warning about the weakening global economy, shares in FedEx plunged more than 20 percent after the company's CEO said he expects a worldwide recession soon and unveiled cost-cutting initiatives. A bill that establishes protections for kids' personal information and online activity is now California law. Jordan Christmas has more. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the California Age-Appropriate Design Code Act into law. 
The bill requires digital platforms to vet whether new products pose harm to kids and teens before rolling them out. It's the first law of its kind in the U.S. It would also require companies to offer privacy guardrails to younger users by default. The bill was passed by the state legislature earlier this week and was signed by Governor Newsom on Thursday. It's slated to go into effect on July 1st of 2024. Jordan Christmas reporting. Ahead of November's midterm elections, Democrats remain competitive in a new poll. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. KCAA Radio, Loma Linda, where no listener is ever left behind. The following-